G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. And looking for Christian perspectives on all of the different dimensions that come around finance, our special guest is Alex Cook. Alex is the founder of Wealth With Purpose. Alex, a special welcome back to 2020. Excellent. No, great to be with you. We do want to invite listener calls. So 1-800-316-316. Alex, let's just, as we just warm up to what some people might want to call in and talk about, and it could be on any topic to do with finances and getting a biblical Christian perspective on those things. But hey, let's let's put ourselves right in the middle of what's happening right now. We're not too far away from the end of financial year. Uh, the sorts of things we might be preparing for uh, with uh, regards to tax time, uh, superannuation issues come to mind what are your thoughts for when we for what we ought to be thinking about now before the end of financial year yeah no uh, look the two big ones i think are as you say superannuation and of course the other one i think very important to christians hearts uh, is giving and generosity at this time of year um, so just i guess looking at the superannuation one first um, you know a lot of people have a bit of skepticism towards super but it's actually a fantastic way to obviously grow your capital for retirement purposes. And the reason why it's so attractive is just the fact that it's a low tax environment. And one of the potential opportunities uh, for listeners today is the fact that you can claim tax deductions for um, certain types of superannuation contributions. Um, So it's, I guess, a double opportunity in the sense an opportunity to top up your super fund, but it's also an opportunity to potentially claim a tax deduction. Uh, Just in simple terms, uh, there is a limit that anyone can do, uh, irrespective of... um, uh, well, there are some, well, there are some limits, and I think well, I'd encourage all listeners to do their homework before they go, you know, actioning anything that we're talking about on air. Um, but the limit, generally speaking, for most of us is twenty five thousand per annum. That's the the limit you can put in. Now, most people listening uh, potentially may have a job where your employer already puts some money in for you. Uh, all employers are required to put 9.5% of your income into superannuation. Uh, so for just in simple terms, a person earning 100 grand, your employer puts in 9.5 grand. Therefore, you can put in a personal contribution up to the, the 25. So it's the 25 minus what your employer's already put in. And you can put in that difference and claim a tax deduction on that contribution. So, Alex, that $25,000 a year, that's got a tax advantage for the person who can afford to put that much money extra into their super. Correct. Now, some people listening may be already doing what's called salary sacrifice, which essentially achieves the same result. So most employers will allow you to, um, apart from what they put in, they put in what's called superannuation guarantee. And then on top of that, enable you to salary sacrifice. Um, But that's an arrangement that you enter into before you earn the income and something you generally do on a month-by-month basis. Whereas the one that I'm talking about is essentially achieves the exact same outcome 
but the difference being that you put the money in yourself voluntarily uh, and then you claim a tax deduction on it when you do your tax return. Um, so it's relatively straightforward. I would encourage people though, just because of, I guess, the, um, the laws around superannuation to either seek advice or to um, do your research before you go putting money into super. Um, I guess we might talk to perhaps younger people here because uh, if you have uh, an employment position somewhere, the likelihood is uh, that your uh, employing company has a superannuation fund. Uh, But uh, different types of superannuation funds, if you were thinking of adopting one or if you were thinking changing one to another, uh, is there any, uh, you know, Christian advice that we can offer along this way? Yeah, so look, there's a couple, uh, two main issues I'd raise. Firstly, there are three main real types of super funds, four arguably. So the first one, and this is the one that most people will see on advertised on television, are what are called the industry funds. So usually they're things like, uh, you know, REST, uh, where you work in the retail industry, CBUS, if you work in the building industry and so forth. Uh, and there's a one specifically for Christians too, by the way, called Christian Super. In fact, there's another one for Christians called Lutheran Super, based in Adelaide. Um, so there are their industry funds. The good thing about them is they're what I call cheap and cheerful. They've got low fees. Uh, generally, they're very simple and they're quite appropriate for a significant portion of the population. Second type is what we call retail funds, and they're aimed at people um, uh, based at anyone, aimed at anyone. However, they are provided by financial institutions like banks and fund managers and so forth. Um, then the third type, and these have certainly grown in popularity over the last 10, 15 years, and that's what's called self-managed super funds. Um, so that's for people who really want to take control over their money. Perhaps they want to buy real estate or they want to buy tangible other tangible assets. Then a self-managed super fund gives you that option. There are Lots of caveats to that, but there's pros and cons, but certainly it gives you more flexibility. Um, And then the last one is if you're a government employee, there's a good chance that you'll have access to what's called a public sector fund. And some of them can also be very attractive as well. So they're the four main types. Um, But for young people, the big consideration is just the issue that when you put extra money into super, you have to remember that it's locked away until you turn age 60. That's the earliest you can access it and even then it's not necessarily full access so um, just keep that in mind if you're young you may have other priorities mortgages saving for deposits all that kind of thing Uh, super is very attractive um, but there are you know pros and cons of any one strategy Alex let me just uh, bring out something here that I'm I'm sure some listeners will be thinking of and this is the idea of uh, if I have a lot of spare money do I put that into super that might put me in a good solid position into retirement uh, or, and uh, people will say, I've heard Alex Cook say this before, we ought to be generous with spare money that we might have. How do you balance this idea of preparing for the future and also remaining generous towards God, as you were saying a little earlier? It's a great question, and really it's, I guess, a question of stewardship. Uh, I think the tension that Christians will always live with is this balance between meeting the needs of ourselves and our families, 
which, you know, is a very pragmatic and important thing that the Bible instructs us to do. But on the other hand, we also need to have that eternal focus for our life, knowing that our lives here are temporary and that we want to make a huge uh, difference in the lives of others through helping people in need, but also, of course, in extending God's kingdom. So there's a tension you'll always live with. And so to me, it's a question of stewardship. Uh, And the idea of stewardship is that, in fact, all the money we have, including our superannuation, belongs to God and that we need to, he's giving us the privilege, if you like, of managing on his behalf. So in light of the fact that it's really his money, we've got to ask ourselves, what are we going to do with God's money? How much would God like me to, um, you know, spend on looking after myself and my family and providing for some of our future goals versus the need to support his kingdom and helping people in need? Of course, the answer is you've got to do a bit of both. Um, we tem- typically use what we call um, the 80-10-10 rule. That's uh, meant to be simplistic. It's not meant to be legalistic. Uh, the idea is that 10% of your income should be what we call giving to God. And really, I'd say that's a minimum in a, in a privileged nation like Australia. Um, but bear in mind, some people are doing it tough, and so 10% may be very difficult for them. Then there's 10% for long-term saving. And so that may be things like your superannuation. And then there's 80% for your day-to-day living. Now, as I say, that's meant to be a simple formula. As, a, as people's incomes increase, I always say, look, increase your giving and increase your saving. Because generally what happens when people's incomes go up, it's a classic case of the more you earn, the more you spend. Uh, they don't necessarily give more or save more. Um, so these things are, I guess, they're partly practical issues, partly um, spiritual issues, but we should do them uh, prayerfully considering what we believe God uh, is leading us to do um, so that we make wise decisions. Great wisdom, Alex. Let's come back to something you mentioned a little earlier, the idea of self-managed super funds. Uh, in other words, uh, coming out of all of those uh, those three types you mentioned, but uh, getting into a self-managed super fund, there can be some pros and cons there. Uh, what are your thoughts? And is there a Christian perspective on having that ability to actually manage those funds yourself? Yeah, well, I'll address the second part first. So the second part is the Christian perspective. Um, The advantage of a self-managed super fund is it enables a Christian to take um, control over the types of investments that they put in the fund. In other words, you could adopt a far more um, ethical approach than what other super funds are able to do. I mean, super funds operate under what they call mandates, so they have restrictions about what they can and can't do. And a lot of those things don't include uh, ethics from a Christian perspective. So a self-managed super fund does enable a Christian to have that far greater control over how their money's invested, uh, to who they're essentially supporting. Because when you're investing in something, you're essentially supporting it as a cause, even though it may be a you know, for-profit business, you're essentially giving the money to survive and to access. So that's the first part and a very important, I think, conscience issue for Christians. The second part, though, is more around the pros and cons of it. And to me, um, as I say, the pro is control, etc. The The cons can be what a lot of people don't realize with self-managed super funds is the cost attached to them. And that includes accounting costs, annual audit costs, um, and tax office levies and so forth. Most people will pay somewhere in the vicinity of about $2,000 per annum, sometimes more, sometimes a little little bit less, 
for the costs associated of simply just running it. They're just the, the costs out of the block um, that can't be avoided. Uh, and therefore, I would generally recommend people not even look at them unless you have more than $200,000 in super. Uh, there is no legal minimum. Anyone can access it, but I wouldn't look at it for less than two hundred. And in most cases, I wouldn't look at it for less than 500000 in most cases unless there's pragmatic reasons to do so. No doubt there are administrative factors in all of that too. And as you say, and that might be a surprise for some listeners, uh, costing around about $2,000 per annum. But uh, a lot of people will say, well, uh, not too sure if I can get my head around all of that. Do you need an accounting degree or something to be able to manage your <laughs> own super? What are your thoughts about uh, what sort of skills you might have? Because some people are really gifted when it comes to administration on these things. Some people are not. Are there particular people who do particularly well in a self-managed super fund? Yeah, it's a very important question. So the vast majority of people who have self-managed super funds are naturally outsourcing, if you like, the accounting function. So they have an accountant who is doing all of that for them. Certainly, I would never suggest anyone do that side of it on their own because you do need proper tax statements. In fact, I say to people from an administration perspective, it's kind of like having an extra person in your household. So if a typical household has husband and wife, and they're typically the two in the fund, um, the fund is like, it's like being an extra person. It needs a set of accounts done, audit done, etc. Um, and that does require obviously dealing with an accountant. It involves keeping records. In fact, you have to keep records for many, many years. Um, it involves transactions, opening bank accounts, paying tax bills, a whole range of administrative functions. Whereas with a normal super fund, of course, you never do any of those things at all. Your employer puts the money in, you choose the investment and pretty much away you go. So certainly that should be a big consideration for anyone setting up a self-managed super fund. Okay, Alex, got to draw things to a close here. Always great getting those insights around these issues. And for listeners, each week on a Wednesday, we'll have this particular segment and there were calls coming through at the last minute there and we haven't got time to take them. <laughs> People need to be quick with a call when it comes to this Ask Alex segment each Wednesday. But it does create an opportunity Alex, for people to talk about whatever finance issue might be in their hearts and uh, sometimes very important, uh, sometimes very creative too and a good way to be able to get a little bit of insight when it comes to being a Christian and the way we deal with our finances. Alex Cook is the founder of Wealth With Purpose. You can find his website, wealthwithpurpose.com. Also, you can get a hold of free eBooks, the My Toolkit. There are free videos and podcast content when you go to wealthwithpurpose.com. You can also follow him on Facebook and on Twitter. Alex, great getting your insights. Thanks so much for being with us once again today on 2020. My pleasure, Neil. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au. 